0: Earthquake. You're listening to Money on ESPN 975. And on ESPN 975.com. Live from the ESPN 975 Studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan.
1: Let that run out a little bit, Andrew. 713-780-3776 Don't leave We're going to make the earthquake shake right here We're going to drop a bomb on you At Moneyline 97.5 At Josh Jordan 97.5 At Carlson Radio At Jerry Bone Knows Anything you missed during this show At Podcast Arena
2: Yep, go check it out And speaking of dropping bombs Have you seen this Alex Rodriguez toilet photo Being shared around Wall Street <laughs> No, no <laughs> Tell me more. All right, so so here's the deal. Apparently, uh, around Wall Street, J-Lo and A-Rod have an apartment together, like a really nice one, a really expensive apartment. Wouldn't surprise you, right? They both got a ton of money. So they have this $17.5 million apartment, four and a half bathrooms. And what does A-Rod like to do? Well... He likes to sit on the toilet. He likes to look at that beautiful view of his beautiful apartment. And he likes to text and he likes to tweet. And that's what he likes to get down doing. But uh, here's the problem. Somebody across the way decided to snap a photo of A-Rod while he was taking care of his business. (laughs) Yeah. And I was listening to, uh, to Barry and Joel the other day. And apparently they found the photo and Barry was saying it. Like a Rod's wearing like a a button up long sleeve dress shirt, you know that seems like a little, I don't know, a little formal when you're taking care of your business to be rocking that bad boy. But the funny thing is, is it, here's what the the New York Post is saying is that Alex's lawyers are all over this. They're going after this guy. Oh, they said no. they're working hard to find out who the culprit was. It's a clear breach of privacy. The photo was obviously taken from the building next door. And one of the hedge funds in the building next door will be getting a big lawsuit. Which, it kind of begs the question to me, right? Is is that an invasion of privacy? If you're just, like, openly in front of your open windows doing stuff?
1: Get Robert Cross people involved <laughs> right now, please. We, we need this to get the bottom of this.
2: Right? And it's just, it's peculiar. So, I'm, I don't know. It's like, if you don't want people seeing you doing your business, maybe close the door, close the blinds, but at the same time, it's like... Are you really taking pictures of A-Rod on the toilet and sharing them on social media? It's like a, that's a, what you,
1: it's a scratch and
2: sniff. Yes, yeah, a scratch and sniff. Talking about poop emojis from earlier. Not, like this is what you're doing with your time? I'm more worried about the
1: dress shirt that he had on. <laughs> he he's formally pooping. Yeah. Uh, maybe even a bolo tie on. A bolo tie. That just makes me think that that rods the guy at the urinal that drops his pants all the way to his, <laughs> to his ankles and just, you know, you're like, "Bro, dude, he's what, that dude. what did you do that for?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's having the conversation with you. That's, that's what just reminded me of – or, or that's what I picture. Now, every time I see A-Rod, I'll picture that in their apartment
2: with – I mean, does J-Lo know about this? Oh, she has to know about it now. But, I mean, they have four and a half bathrooms, so it's got to be a pretty big place. So maybe he's doing this when she's not around. I don't know. You don't want to be the open-door guy, do you, when you're taking care of – and you need to live with J-Lo? Like, I wouldn't want to be that dude. Well, at least he has that option because –
1: It's a you're living in the free world. Some people don't have that luxury of a closed door in the toilet. If you were in jail and some of you out there listening like, yeah, I've been there. You know that that toilet just sits out, whether you're in the holding tank and, and everybody has to see you poop. Yep. Or whether you do get to a jail cell and you're sharing it with somebody, it's still in the open. So then you ask yourself. What other. What other uses can I get out of this toilet? Is there is there anything else I can get out of this? And Netflix is coming out with a documentary uh, where they show people in jail and whatnot, one of those. And they had a, a, a weird segment on it. I'll let you listen now. Yeah, I'll be talking on the toilet. It's fun. It's better talking to the boys than these waggly ass girls all the time. Hey, bud.
0: Hello. Hello? Who's this? What are you doing? I just got here from juvenile hall. And so I didn't know anything about toilet talking, any of that. And my bunkie was like,
2: oh, there's some guys banging on our lawn. Hello? What are you talking about? Oh,
0: Like, people are talking to you through the toilet, like, really? Yeah. I miss you. So to talk on the toilet bowl, you have to bail out. You take all the water out, dump it in the sink. She bailed the toilet out and not, And then somebody answered. And I was like, oh
2: my god, what is happening here?
0: Everybody has their own
1: app because there's people on the eighth floor, there's people on the sixth floor, there's people on the fifth floor. You can even talk to the boys on the fourth floor but you can barely hear them because it's very quiet. I hear you.
0: Is there any on the line? And then you can like create a relationship. I've been missing you all my life. He was like hella
2: hot and I was like, ooh, okay, talk to me.
0: Ooh, okay.
2: He talked to me. He's telling me some corny jokes, Jerry, in this toilet. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know what to make of the situation. Basically, people are communicating through the toilet systems in jail, building relationships. Uh, it's crazy. You heard the one guy say, "Hey, any out there?" It's like a it's a, it's a dating site without the site. It's a, it's dating.
2: I don't even know what to say. How how to even word this, but. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's toilet tender. You know, swipe right, swipe, maybe flush right, flush left. What if they're in the middle of a of an intimate moment and someone has to use the
1: restroom? You're like, yo, man, you're blocking me. You're blocking me. You're turd blocking me. You know what I
2: mean? Use the sink, my man. I'm using the toilet right now. Yeah, you- <laughs> yeah they're, they're blocking you that's man you get lonely in jail you know they, they get no companionship hello, with the hello? opposite man, sex. Your man your breath stinks <laughs> 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 conversation stinks no man it it's hilarious like this is actually a real thing if you if you guys see this on netflix they're like taking plastic cups and they're they're taking all the water out of the toilet and they're dumping it into the sink so that there's no water left in the toilet so they can talk to people connected to it. It's like the telephone game, but much more disgusting. Instead of a couple cups and a string connecting them, you're talking through plumbing, essentially.
1: You know, when your your other your your significant jail other is sick, you're like, "Oh, that don't sound good." <laughs> what did y'all eat? What did y'all eat on the fifth floor? Because all we had was peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> you know, we can go for
2: many many routes with this, right? I mean, basically, it's. It's phone sex, but unlike with, like, phone sex, like, you can hang up and take care of your business with this kind of phone sex. You know, you just have to say, hold on, and they have to hear all that. Man, it's—I don't want to go to jail, Jerry. This sounds terrible. (laughs) I don't (laughs) want to have to do
1: this. Let's get past this because my microphone's starting to stink. Yeah, I hear you. Somebody that should be in jail— but isn't and now it's just starting to spill beans on, on everything they did. Lamar Odom, oh man. everything this guy's done, and all of a sudden, supposedly he's going back to the big three or he's going into the big three league. Uh That you know, uh, the the Ice Cube Basketball League that hosts a bunch of older guys, and it's sure. a mixture of older and newer guys, and just supposedly he's playing in that league now. But now he's starting to talk just just crazy. Sometimes you you have guys out there, celebrities, that you say, man, somebody get the camera out away from him, please. Yes. Yeah, stay down, dude. Stay down. Earmuffs on, please, if you got the kids in the car. But Lamar Odom, he's, uh, he basically said he had, he's addicted to sex. He's had sex with over 2,000 women. Yep. And along that conversation, he also said that he once used a prosthetic penis to pass a drug test for the 2004
2: Olympics. The Wizardnator returns. It. it, it I thought it had disappeared, but apparently the Wizardnator is alive and well. He used it; it worked. There was a Vikings running back that used one in the NFL, and, and basically, if you guys don't know, there's like a like a a fake bladder essentially connected to an apparatus where you can, you know, have clean urine and pass a drug test, and it it looks like your member, so you can fool people. And Odom used it, and he got away with
1: it. Odom wrote, the joy of being named to the 12-man roster quickly turned to anxiety when Olympic officials informed me that I would have to pass a drug test before officially joining the team. He goes on to say that he had been smoking weed up to that day when he got that. So basically what they say is they give you a call, and then they tell you someone's going to come by your uh, your house and, and take the sample. So he called his trainer, and he says, I need some clean urine. I need it now. And he showed up with the urine and then the prosthetic penis and basically he got
2: it to work it worked and i don't know if this works anymore it it feels like it's old technology if you will and this is kind of an old story and remember like this was that olympic team where america was terrible you know what i mean there's no surprise that lamar odom was on that team this was one of the years where they were not good at all and they did not win the gold. yeah i just like i said some people out
1: there you want them to get the get that mic away from him because you know he has
2: plenty more stories to tell and it's not going to be a good look no i mean all the kardashian stuff and the bunny ranch and i mean just everything that's happened to this guy the last few years is man it, it's been terrible i mean it, it feels like his life has just you know really been going downhill hopefully this big three thing you know gives him some inspiration Supposedly or supposed to be clean yeah to get clean and go play some basketball make a little money what what'd, he, what'd you say he'd been with like over two thousand strippers or something like that in his life imagine that you know how much money it costs you to just go see one stripper imagine two thousand strippers i um, imagine the remember the binge that 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 went
1: viral and everyone yeah. found out about he was binging for three three four days at the bunny ranch was it
2: yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah
1: that just goes to tell you whenever you hear stories like this you find out about him you tell you you ask yourself how many times has this happened now that he finally got caught that means he was doing this all the time oh yeah imagine how chloe kardashian feels she's just like man what <laughs> oh, was man. i thinking she was blinded by all the candy
2: yes no doubt man no <laughs> doubt if i'm hardened i'm gonna go get tested after hearing this story I'm like you know what i, <laughs> I mean? didn't even think about yeah. it. yeah i gonna go to the clinic and get this checked out More than one person. That's funny when you hear
1: with these celebrities that are intertwined with each other. You're sitting at home and you're just like, Odom. You start doing the math, you're like, I'm somewhere in that equation. Yeah. (laughs) I'm somewhere in that equation. I got to go get checked out. Keep checking us out. We'll be back at Moneyline 97.5 on Twitter, 713-780-3776. If you want to get with us at any time during the show, talk gambling, talk Rockets. We'll be glad to have you. Talk boxing. When we get back, there was a big knockout. Yeah. A punch hurt around the world. We'll get to that when we get back. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5.
0: Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN 975 Studios. Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome
1: back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. At Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter at Josh Jordan975. At Carlson Radio, at Bow knows. Miss any part of the show? Find us on podcast Arena. Any bets that you might not catch during the show, you can catch it on Houston Sports Map, Bookie Busters. Make sure you check throughout the day. I'll be firing
2: off. No doubt about it. You're definitely going to follow Sports Map at Sports Map H O U. That's where we got all of Jerry's picks. So that's where he keeps updating a Sports Map article. That's where you can find where you can make some money. You should be going to Sports Map every day, every morning. Check it out. There's some really good stuff on there. Definitely worth your time. And we did want to put a little bow on that uh, Lamar Odom story from the last segment uh, about him saying that he's been with over 2,000 strippers and and all his trials and tribulations. And, And Andrew, our producer, brought up a really good point. We kind of buried the lead there. Lamar Odom said he's watched all the porn on the Internet. So just wrap your mind around that. All the porn on the Internet. He's seen it all. So, my Lord, that's He's spending a lot of time on this. So, man, <laughs> it's it's really – like, who even says that? How is that even possible? But I kind of believe it with this guy because all his other actions tell us, you know, he's about that life. When you make a bold statement yeah. like that,
1: that's just not a statement you make if there's not some kind of truth to that.
2: No. It's spectacular is what it is. But it's great for, for sports talk radio. You know, these kind of stories are – you can't make this stuff up. That's why the news is undefeated. You're always going to get some good stuff.
1: Some good stuff I have right here. A couple of fantasy football nuggets. And Ooh. just, a, just you know, I know it's a little early, but just things to think about going forward. Uh, one thing that should be on your mind. A few. Let's, let's say, how how fast will the Browns players go? How uh, Who's the first running back taken off the board? Things of that such. When... Do you take Patrick Mahomes is another one that's going to arise because currently he's going off the board at the 24th pick. So say we're doing standard league of 10 or 12 teams that are towards the back end of the second round. If you want him this year, you're going to have to take a a shot at him. Is that shot justified?
2: No way. Way too early. And let's be real. Until we find out what the deal is with Tyree Kill, if he's going to play this year, that's going to change my opinion on Patrick Mahomes. If, if there's no Tyree Kill, it's not the same offense. You know, it's really not. And, look, I know they have Sammy Watkins, but I think he's played 16 games. I believe it was his rookie year. That's the entire – in his entire career, that's the only year he played every game. So you can't count on Sammy Watkins. Kelsey's coming off of ankle surgery. I know they expect him to be back, but – no, unless Tyree kills there, he is a game changer, man. I'm not taking any quarterback that early if I don't know that he's going to have one of the best receivers in the league to throw to. And
1: just to give you a measure of where quarterbacks are supposed to go in this upcoming draft as far as ADP at the current moment, the next guy would be Andrew Luck, and he's going at about 47th overall, so almost twice as many picks and then followed by Rodgers and Baker Mayfield going about a half a round later, as as long as uh, as well as uh, Deshaun Watson Houston's quarterback. So you got twenty fourth uh, uh, top two round pick around for Mahomes, and then everyone else drops to the to the back ends of of or fourth round. Say for example, the guy that takes Mahomes, he's going to go up there and he's going to do it with pride. He's going to grab that sticker, he He's going to say MVP Mahomes, and he's going to stick it up there. But what he could have had. Is what's going to be in question. And you say Tyreek Hill not being there is going to be a big thing. So let's talk about what who is going to be there. And that's Kelsey. So to get somebody like Kelsey this year, he's going off right now as the currently as the consensus number one tight end with Zach Ertz and George Kittle battling for second. How early are you going to have to get Kelsey? You're going to have to take him in the second round. You're completely correct. He's going off at about 17th right now, ADP. Now, we remember the years where Gronk was doing that. It became a a true topic of conversation of how early do you grab Gronk because he was putting up uh, receiver-type numbers, especially with the amount of touchdowns he can get. So now that you have someone like these guys, but now you have a group of them with Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle, Ertz and Kittle, 26 and 31st by ADP. I mean, you t- you're you talking about three tight ends that are in the top three rounds this year. That's insane. I haven't seen that since people were doing the Jimmy Graham, uh, uh, Gronk stage, and that only lasted a little bit. Now you have three guys that can be going up there. And don't forget about Eric Ebron.
2: Right. And I, I think that the shines come off of Ebron a little bit because... They added some guys in free agency, like Funches, they got another big body. I think he's going to get a lot of those touchdowns and eat in to uh, to his production a little bit, Ebron, that is. So I think the thing with the tight ends is you're going to have to take those guys, those top three. I mean, the, by the third round, somewhere in the third round, they'll, they'll all be gone. And the reason for that is they're the only elite guys. Everybody else is just a uh, maybe- you know, like Hunter Henry, he's a guy coming off injury, but he could be really good with Phil Rivers, and you could take him maybe in the sixth round or something like that. But he's coming off injury; there's a little bit of risk there. So there's just tight end is a wasteland after those top three guys. So if if you don't want to be, you know, starting, you know, Austin Hooper every week and, and praying that that happens, you know, starting somebody like that. If you want a tight end that can make a difference, you're going to have to take him in the second or third round. It's not a philosophy that, that I like. I like waiting on tight end. But you're almost going to get nothing from your tight end if you don't get one of those studs. So it, you see a lot of Even the experts, they're snatching these tight ends in the second and third round. Let me ask you uh, just real quick while we talk about tight end. Kyle Rudolph, his name
1: has been flowing around out there. If yep. the Vikings can uh, do away with him before June 1st, they save somewhere around $7 million. What would a Rudolph, for example, to the Patriots look like? Does that make him a top five tight end? Boy,
2: he's definitely top ten. You know, they also signed Ben Watson. They also signed Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yeah. So, you know, they have guys. And you just have to wonder if they also get Rudolph, you know, is it going to be kind of – I think almost the Patriots are going to do a committee by tight end right now. I know Rudolph might change that if they end up getting him. But you just worry. I don't think anybody's going to be a Gronk replacement. I think it's going to be a group
1: of guys. Yeah, and and it's so simple in football that people will try to plug a name into something. Like Peterson happened. I mean, yeah, you could plug the name Patrick Peterson to any. Any, I don't care who your cornerbacks are. You can close your eyes, think of a team, plug them in. It makes sense. Yeah. Same with Rudolph. People that are missing a tight end, but a lot of people want to go ahead and throw them in. They Okay, where's the hole at? Oh, Gronkowski, that's a hole. Let's put him right there. I'm not too sure it works out. It was just something interesting that came up. No doubt. Another nugget to come from the fantasy football world, another predicament that you might be in. Okay, so the top four guys, and they're going in different orders. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Zeke Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara. Kamara, however you want to describe it.
2: Both now, are correct, actually.
1: Yeah, and that's why I say it like that, because you'll have somebody using it one way and another, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Either way, after that group of running backs, DeAndre Hopkins, Houston's DeAndre Hopkins, is the only non-running back with an ADP of under eight. He currently has an ADP of six. What do you do if you have, say that six pick, are you going to go Hopkins and then saying ADP suggests right now, according to the way things are, if you go Hopkins at six in a 12 man lead, when it comes back to you, your options at running back should be the Nick Chubbs, Marlon Max, Damian Williams, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cooks of the world. Do you do Hopkins there and go running one of those running backs? Or do you go ahead and get, say, a Johnson, David Johnson to be exact, y'all, at that six pick and then come back and you'll still have people like Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Adam Thielen. So what would you rather have? Would you rather have a Hopkins, Nick Chubb type Mar- uh, Marlon Mack or do you rather have David Johnson tied to Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Thielen type
2: of guy? That's the question. I think it depends how you feel about a guy like Melvin Gordon. You know, he's gonna be there that you go. yeah, a he's, name yeah. like that. He'll be he'll he'll go in the first round. You know, he'll he might even go number six overall. So if you really like Melvin Gordon, you, you can grab him there at six. But if you're not feeling him and you take Hopkins, then yeah, you're gonna have to take one of those second-tier running backs in the second round, even maybe a guy like you know, even even a Leonard Fournette might fall back up the boards again. <laughs> That's your boy. Trust me, I ain't taking him. Every but time I see some him, some people I might. Him. Yeah, you should. He burned me last year, but I still made the playoffs even without his, <laughs> without him killing me every week. But no, it, it, it depends. I think if you take that receiver there, then you're gonna. I think Nick Chubb is a really nice pick there in the second Huge. round. I would go after him. The guy that I love, look, I'm a Devontae Adams guy. You know, I was all over him last year. He was the number one receiver in fantasy last year. I don't see that the Packers did anything to make that not going to be the case again this year. He's going to be the number one guy for Aaron. So, uh, you know, I I would probably try because Devontae Adams is falling into the second round in a lot of these drafts. I don't know why. I'll be all
1: over
0: him.
2: Yeah, people are wanting Julio instead and a lot of other guys. But give me the guy in his 20s that has Aaron Rodgers throwing to him that was the number one receiver last year. I'm going to try and see if I can snag him in the second round. I don't know if I'd take him six overall. I'd, I'd probably go Melvin Gordon. I just, it, You feel good when you have a running back you can start every week. But, of course, with Gordon, we know he gets nicked up at the end of the year every year.
1: Devonta Adams, the name sticks out to me. That's a guy I want. Yeah, absolutely. Someone you're going to want to stick with is the Moneyline guys. We'll be back. we will give you some winners. This very next segment, that's it. I'm dropping it now. I can't I can't hold it inside myself. 15 now. units, right, Jerry? Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't hold it in no more. When we get back, we're going to drop the bomb. Pray for your bookie. You're listening to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. They wouldn't stop running till they found a paradise. with the sheriff finally found him with
0: the side seat.
2: So the lovers had to shoot them down and fill them This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's Best Sports Talk, ESPN 97.5.
0: You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776. You hear the sound of that. That's the sound of wolves. Eat or be eaten. I choose to eat. Let me take a Uruguay punch your let's get your passports ready kiss the kiss the kids and uh, and the wife goodbye cuz we're going to war we're going to Nacional Defensor Sporting what i see here is goals Nacional scored 27 goals this season that's second most in the league they're going against Defensor which is given up 22 that's the third most in the league Whenever you have these teams that are on the bottom of the table and they give up a lot of goals, you say, so what's happened? Do they give up a lot of goals, but they score as well? Yeah, Defensor, defensor, they can score. They've scored in every single match the last five. What do you get, Nacional? They score every match in the last five as well, and they score multiples. In this specific game, I see both teams scoring, and you can catch it right now at about minus 140. Nacional, Defensor, Defensor. Spencer Sporting inside Uruguay. Give me both teams to score, and we're going to put some money in your pocket. I got plenty of more bets to come. We got the basketball to, to get into, but go ahead and punch that one right in right now. It's in about four hours.
2: Okay, so we got a little bit of time here. Just, you know, for personal stuff, I want to bet this too, but I'll wait till after the show because, you know, I'm kind of working right now. But no, it was great, guys. I got, I got a text from Jerry early this morning, and he gave me his winner, and, and I fired on it, and boom. Cash in my pocket. So, man, you know, Jerry Bo's kind of good at soccer bets. I'm just saying, guys, like, if you're into that kind of thing, roll with Jerry. He's going to make you some money. And if you're into this kind of thing, the Houston Texans releasing their tight end, Ryan Griffin. We we saw at the draft, remember, that what, was he arrested or he got a ticket right for basically being drunk and breaking a window or something like that? And Breaking the law. Yeah, definitely breaking the law. Get the Judas Priest queued up. But uh, yeah, so what I'm thinking was he was disappointed because the Texans used an early pick on their tight end. I believe it's Kahali Waring is how it's pronounced, and he had a really good impression here at the rookie mini, mini camps. And he's a guy really athletic, ran in the four sixes, good size. He just doesn't have a lot of experience, but obviously the Texans feel pretty good with him, and they feel pretty good with the two tight ends they got last year in the draft. And this just goes to tell you they've they've probably been waiting to move on. From Griffin for a while when they've been taking so many tight ends the last two years, they must not have been happy with him. So they go ahead and let him go. I don't know. Big deal? Not a big deal? What do you think?
1: He could take his 136 catches and go. Yeah. I mean, the resume reads sixth round, 2013 draft, 136 passes, 1,491 yards, seven touchdowns in that span of 77 games. That's what the resume reads, but what the next employer is going to see is the arrested charges of vandalism and public intoxication from a team that, while he was on a team that was already basically moving forward. We saw that. I'm glad to see it because if the organization obviously saw something in yeah. the way that they've been drafting, and tight end is such a a key position now in your and helping a young quarterback, for one, and giving you that extra, it helps so much. Look at these teams with these great quarterbacks. Uh, young Carson Wentz with, with Ertz was with magic. Yeah. Uh, young Mahomes with with Kelsey, magic. Uh, we didn't get to see Garoppolo with Kittle, but just wait on that. Yeah. Just wait, because you see Kittle working with all these random guys. Just
2: wait till you see Garoppolo with Kittle a full 16. No doubt about it. I think this is a big move for them. And Griffin's had some injuries, too. So, you know, even just... His play isn't the only concern. And if I'm another team and I'm like, man, Griffin couldn't stand out in this group that the Texans have, which has been a pretty underwhelming tight end group ever since Owen Daniels left. So I don't know. I don't think that's very good news for Griffin. That really tells you like something behind the scenes wasn't going great. And and it makes you think too that, you know, we lost Fedorowitz or the Texans lost Fedorowitz, I should say, you know, to concussion issues, right? So maybe they held on to Griffin just because you know they didn't really have anybody else and they didn't have any better options so as soon as they had some better options they made the move and got rid of them i'm thinking the fedorowitz early retirement might have handcuffed him a little bit with griffin until they were able to find somebody else to take his spot
1: that's exactly what went down right there something else that's going to go down and supposedly it's going to happen in the next meeting uh the league meeting in october the the postseason overtime rule yeah so it's going to get tabled again it's it, it's Obviously, it's a concern in many owners' eyes. They want it changed, and it's getting brought up again. Do you think that it's going to change? Man,
2: maybe, because they keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up. I think it's fine the way it is. We've talked about this on the show before. If you go score a touchdown, I think you deserve to win that game. I don't like my NFL games like college games. I don't want to have to watch for four hours. I don't want to watch a triple overtime where they just keep scoring and scoring and scoring. You know, wrap this thing up. And the defense, you have a chance to stop them from scoring a touchdown. If you can force them to a field goal, you have a chance to get the offense the ball back. I don't have a problem with that rule, and for I think for television, this is why it's not going to change. They they want to be able to load up the next game and get it started. They don't want overtime to keep going, going, going. They, they have money to be made. They, they want that next game to start, and they want to be able to televise it. And for the experience for me, I want the game to move along. I'm okay with it. Now, if I was a Chiefs fan, I would probably have a different opinion because obviously that cost them – Huge. But there's no guarantee they would have won that game. They had their chances. Tom Brady did it when it mattered most. He drove down the field. He scored a touchdown. They deserve to win that game. If if you don't want to finish being tied, then take some chances in the fourth quarter. You know, take some chances then if you don't want to end in a tie. I'm fine with it. I don't know. Where do you guys come out on it? Do you think it's a change? <sighs>
1: Like you said, it should be if you score a touchdown. But don't get me wrong, I would love to see it because you ask yourself what would have happened in that Chiefs game, for example, against the Patriots. It's just funny that the Chiefs owner, Clark Hunt, is the one that's in front of all this. He's the one that, him and uh, Steven Jones, uh, they're two of the front runners as far as this, and it just tells you, is is his mouth still sour from that? Because he's got to be wondering the way that Mahomes was marching down the field towards the end there, that he was going to score a touchdown as well. But again, it's you're always going to have this as well as now they're talking about altering a little bit the pass interference right. rule, which, again, it's, it depends what side you're on. If you're on the correct side of it, you might not want to see it change so much. But now they're saying as far as the automatic rev- or on automatic reviewable plays, those can't be challenged.
2: And, and I'm cool with that. I-
1: Which is, again, touchdowns. Anything that's automatically reviewed by the booth, supposedly now they want to make it to where those can't be challenged.
2: Okay. What bothers me is as a guy that watches the Texans, I'm a big DeAndre Hopkins fan, he's a physical receiver, man, and he's using his arms to, to create a little bit of separation. I think... We're going to see this year, some some reviews are going to go against Hopkins because you're going to see a little bit of the push-offs. And, and I'm not putting that on Hopkins. Like, these DBs and receivers are hand-fighting all the way down the field, but they're going to see the one right before the separation and the catch. That's the one they're going to call. And as as far as back to the overtime rule, I think this is going to be more about the NFL like legally and protecting themselves. Because... If they come and start making these games longer, is that good for player safety? These guys have already played a full game. They're tired. So you go out there, you go through one overtime. Oh, nobody took the lead. Or, oh, they kicked another field goal and tied it. And then you got to play another one, and you got to play another one. You know, for player safety, it's not going to be easy for them to back that decision up to, to extend the games because it's more chances for guys to get hurt. And you're more likely to get hurt when you're fatigued and you're tired. So – I don't know. I, you know, from a legal perspective, I think the NFL would be smart if they don't want more lawsuits. Don't change it, don't make the games longer. And let's be honest here in slow motion,
1: everything's going to look like yes as soon as they get that extension yes. even if you don't know that replay isn't going to tell you how much force there is on that extension of the arms but it's going to show you in a slow frame by frame rate that it's going to make it look like there's a lot of force behind it rather right. than if it was quick or not that quick move i mean sometimes you extend your arms and not even trying to make contact whenever you uh change change direction let's say getting in and out of these cuts, it's going to look like, okay, there's a push off right, right. there. It's going to be this first few years of it. It's going to be, uh, there'll be more changes put coming towards uh, in the next few years because I don't see how it's going to work. Everything's going to look like, Oh, that, that's a hold. That's a pass interference. It, once you start slowing and you can't go back and, and do the hold, So it's going to be like, well, what about the hold back there? Right. What about that hold? That's a penalty. And you're like, no, we're just doing public, uh, uh, pass interferences i was about to say public intoxication on <laughs> Back <to> Ryan Griffin. <laughs> no you,
2: you make a good point and as people that like to wager on games like we do and guys that like to play fantasy football it's not going to be fun to watch all these 60 yard passes down the field for touchdowns get overturned because there was a little push off you know what i mean like and for fantasy guys yeah. how many
1: times do you see that happen you're like I needed that catch. Can can I get half the yard for the pass interference call? There's even some leagues where they give you uh, a certain amount of the the actual penalty of the the play as far as to your wide receiver sets, which I don't like because you don't even know if the guy was going to make the catch. Right. You know what I mean? You still have to bring it in, but there's certain leagues, and that guy right now, he's thinking he, he's going to have a headache. He's going to have a heart attack next year.
2: Yes, and you want your fantasy to be fun, man. That, that's why I don't like a lot of penalties in my fantasy football, you know, for sacks and stuff like that. You know, I want the positive points. It's not fun just watching points tick away from your team. It's fun to watch your guys catch balls, make plays.
1: And speaking of fun and fantasy, we're a few, about, what, three months out yep. from starting to do our drafts and whatnot. Yeah. So, in the next month or so, give us about three or four weeks, we'll start, start getting our fantasy football leagues filled we're gonna yeah. fill them up we're gonna have a big party as well this year last year was a great turnout we had two uh two leagues hopefully this year we I, get three or we had four. Oh, oh i'm sorry i'm sorry three we had yeah. planned for two and we ended up having three that's what it was so hopefully uh this year we can have four or five leagues and we can get you all out there to join us at the live draft party for money line we'll be back
0: Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 975. And on ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN 975 Studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. You want to get in on the last segment before we get out of here? We'd be happy to have you. Or you can text us. Hit us up on Twitter at Moneyline975, at Carlson Radio, at Josh Jordan975, at Jerry Nose with a
2: S. Let's hit it. We're down the stretch. Got a few minutes left. Let's do it in. I apologize to all the Astro fans out there. We haven't gotten to the Astros yet. Ten straight wins. Got another big one today going up against Chris Sale and the Red Sox. Got Wade Miley on the field for the Astros. Man, they have been crushing it. No Altuve, and they're still just doing work, man. They have been so much fun to watch. Yesterday was was really interesting because it it got a little dicey there. There were some innings where we got a lot of guys on base, but we got out of the jam. It was great to see him score all those runs early. I think it was five to nothing in the first inning. I mean, it's nice to get up that big. I I was really impressed with the way they're swinging the bats, man. They just keep doing it. And the back of the bullpen has been fantastic. It's just fun watching the Astros right now. I'm I'm really feeling like this is the team this year. They're – it feels like they're going to go back to the ALCS, and I think they're going to take care of business this year. It's been a real fun to watch.
1: Thirty-one and fifteen—that resembles a lot of the championship team. Right? They had the through forty-five games. Uh, now it's forty-six, but they had the same. Uh, they were thirty and fifteen through forty-five. That that two thousand seventeen team. They went on to win twelve. The next thirteen, Astros won the next one. They're right on pace. Which team? You both, you guys. What team would you rather have? That that
2: championship team or this roster? Ooh, it's the Charlie Morton factor's big, right? And, and McCullers. Look, I'm going to go with the championship team just because they did it, right? You know, they they won it. But man, this team looks legit. What do you think, Andrew? Uh,
0: it's it's it is a tough one. I think the lineup is deeper on this team. They've got a little more pop as well. I mean, I think they're still on pace to hit a record number of home runs this year. The bullpen is also better on this year's team. Yep. But at the same time. The starting rotation isn't what it was just a couple years ago. You've got Verlander. You've got Cole, who's honestly been kind of eh so far this year. Yep. And then after that, do you really have anybody on the team that you genuinely trust in a high-leverage situation? My opinion, no. Let me ask
1: you this. From a fan's perspective, guys, is it title or bust right now? Because, okay, let's say last season when they lost to Boston – it wasn't like how people are taking the Rockets loss because the Astros actually accomplished something the year before right. and it, it wasn't it wasn't taken in as the same way as the Rockets loss to say, right? That makes sure. sense. But now that then, okay, the, that's gone, the Boston loss is gone. Now they're back. They
2: got everything in place. It's it's title or bust now? It is. Well, you get so much more credibility when you've won it all, right? So if you win the whole thing and then you come back Go back to the ALCS, and who'd you lose to? Oh, the team that won the World Series, the Red Sox. You know, like, that's what you've done the last two years. You have a lot more confidence in those guys because they've done it. They've won it all. So, yeah, it's championship or bust because also look at the roster. You know, you got Springer for another two years, this year and next year. is going to be done pretty soon. And you can always blame their loss last year. All the injuries, man. Altuve had to have surgery after the season. Bregman had to have surgery after the season. I could go on and on and on with the injuries from last year. So, you know, hey, you got to the ALCS with all those injuries. I'm cool with that. And I I think they'll be back again this year. And if they win it, and I think they're going to. I really think they're going to. I think the Dodgers are really good. They could challenge them a little bit. But I sure like the history of the Astros versus the Dodgers the last few years. I'll take the Astros.
1: And I like how the roster so spread out. Where uh, beginning of the year, Altuve can have his moment, and now yeah. all of a sudden Springer's having his moment. Oh. And it's well, so when's Bregman? And when's they have so much power that they can be relied on
2: uh, upon a a, a, long, a long season? Yeah. That's what you need. And Brantley, dude, Brantley on the left side of the plate, just crushing the ball. What a great pickup he's been. And Josh Reddick, my lord, he's having a great year. So. You know this can't last forever but the point about the depth you guys you're right because when one guy starts to stumble and slump a little bit, another guy will be getting back hot and getting back into a streak again so they they just have so much depth. I love the offense but Andrew's right you know if they make a move for a starting pitcher that would not surprise me as we get a little closer I'd like what we've seen uh. You know, from the new guy they brought up, was it Martin, right? And, uh, he, you know, he was fantastic. He was a little scary yesterday. You know, he got really wild. And I think, you know, they got up early, and that inning was really long. They went like 30 minutes hitting. So, I think he got a little cold before he got out there and started pitching. So, but Andrew's right. I think they need somebody that's got a little bit of experience, you know, a little more name value. Like when you – about the trade deadline, I would not be surprised to see Luno make a move. And I love
1: – confidence is something that you it's not taught, you know what I mean? You just have it or you earn it, you know what I mean? And going forward that's something that you that you obtain. But this team can go to Boston, they're not scared when it's like they thrive off these moments. When they go there they they want to play in this big they want to play under the lights. They want to play against that team and you can't teach that.
2: No, and it's a little revenge, right? They they lost to the Red Sox last year. You know, they they want to come back out and show them like you guys got us last year, but we're going to take it back. Hashtag take it back. <laughs> See what I did there? Dead joke. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little uh,
1: basketball for today's game. You have Milwaukee t- against Toronto. Toronto in a must-win situation. Yep. Any thoughts here, guys?
2: Man how quickly these things turn. Do you see the guy with the tattoo? (laughs) Some of these guys commemorating that shot. And and now that Kawhi and them, they'll probably be eliminated pretty soon. Um, I don't know. Are we going to see two sweeps? I'm starting to think so. You want to go into these game threes
1: thinking they have to defend, they have to do it. And we were in that predicament last night with Portland and they, they did everything, but show up in the whole second half. Right. So what, Raptors, can you trust the Raptors today? Do you trust them, Andrew? I trust Kawhi. <laughs> well said. Well said. So, I mean, that's uh, one dude. <laughs> that, it's well said, though. Yeah. It's, it's, they're going against a team that's 10-1 and one in the playoffs. Straight up and against the spread. And against the spread. This team is covering the number. I don't... It takes a perfect game from Toronto today to win that game, in my eyes. I don't see um, Milwaukee third in pace during this playoffs against the Toronto team, 12th in pace. Toronto's going to want to dictate the pace of this game. Two teams in top two in in, uh, in defensive efficiency in the playoffs. you got Milwaukee first, followed by Toronto too. A slow pace game for the home team. This points under to me. You think so? To me, because if you looked at Milwaukee in the first two games, they try to come out running both games. They try to speed up the pace because they know that that's what Toronto tries to do. They try to slow it down. That's their type of game in this particular matchup with the Raptors being in a in a must win game at home. I think the pace plays to their advantage. And one thing that you can't change here, though, is the defensive ratings. And you have the top two teams in the playoffs right now. So I think it's a it's a gritty, it's a defensive game. Milwaukee's second-ranked offense in the playoffs, that's what the problem here is. That's what that's what Toronto has to stop. They need this to be in the lower 100s, 105, 100 something. You know, once once Milwaukee breaks that 115, that's asking for a lot for the Raptors. That's asking for a lot. Like you say you trust Kawhi. Sure. Can you really trust Lowry? Today
2: And the numbers 220. So that's a lot. That's a lot. And you know Toronto's favored by 2. I don't know, it feels like you're a little more comfortable betting the total, huh, Jerry?
1: Yeah, these are two teams you for the playoffs, Milwaukee 11th in offensive rebound Toronto 15th in offensive rebound. That tells you teams that don't really get uh, a second chance opportunities uh, on a, on a, in a game with the home team being a slow-paced team, uh, that favoring them, and two of the top two defensive rating teams. So, in other words, hit the under. We're going to hit the under first half. We're going to hit the under for the game. That's the two picks on that particular game.
2: Ooh, there you have it. All right, uh, quickly, I don't know if um, this may be just off the top of your head. We got Golden State Portland tomorrow, game four, total for that one's at 220 same total interesting golden state's pay- favored by four you have any lean on this one i'm leaning
1: over let's go ahead and elimination game they leave it on the court the raptor uh, the the warriors try to shut it out the blazers try to give their last their last push that was our last push here yep. the, the show's coming to a close another great sunday here on money line we appreciate every one of you guys listening to us for josh jordan from andrew carlson and jerry bone nose thanks for listening guys peace
0: SPN 97-5.